I really think a marriage is most successful whenever it's founded on friendship. Friendship is something that you can actually work on. And when you think of what do you do with a friend, you call them or you talk to them or you know, find some way to have even the briefest discussions or the uh, interactions, hope for their good, you know. And so some, some of those things that we would say, okay, this is naturally how friendship would go. Do we practice those things with our spouse? You're listening to the Zantaler Podcast. When my family started our homeschooling journey, there were so many decisions to make, but one of our best decisions was choosing to use BJU Press Homeschool. I've never seen my kids so excited to get textbooks before. I'm amazed by how interesting and interactive the lessons are. My kids actually look forward to them. We use the online video lessons for all our courses, but I know some families choose to teach from the textbooks. What I love is that I can trust BJU Press to uphold our values. The Bible and biblical principles are woven throughout each subject. I'll admit, I was a bit nervous when I started homeschooling, but I've found a wonderful online community of other BJU Press homeschool families and consultants. The Homeschool Hub also makes my job easier. I can set up our schedules and rearrange them with just a few clicks. On the dashboard, I can see each of my kids' progress, and the assignments page shows me quickly what's ready for me to check or grade. I'm glad my son's biology assignments are automatically graded. BJU Press Homeschool has given us the tools and confidence to homeschool our children. For more information, do what I did and visit the BJU Press Homeschool website or talk with your local HomeWorks consultant. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Zan Tyler podcast. I'm your host, Zan Tyler. Before we begin today's episode, I just wanted to remind you to subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen or watch, including YouTube, and leave us a five-star review if this podcast has encouraged you. And as always, you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook for more content. Today, I'm welcoming back Roger and Jan Smith for part two of our conversation on homeschooling and marriage. My husband, Joe, is also joining us. If you missed part one, make sure you go back and listen to that episode. Please enjoy the rest of my conversation with Jan, Roger, and Joe. It is inspiring and encouraging. You know, one thing y'all do, Roger, that Joe was reminding me of this morning is you hold family court. So we all know what traffic (laughs) court is. (laughs) Tell us what family court is. We we didn't name it that. The children named it that. (laughs) And so uh, we we just thought we were teaching them to communicate and to uh, resolve conflict. And so. Uh, naturally, you don't have to look for conflict opportunities. Uh, the children create them on their own. And so Jan Jan says she spent most all of her day resolving conflict and uh, did not think that she was getting much done. And in, in, in the end, the children say that was the most important thing that happened in their lives. And so it would look like, you know, one of them. Yeah, there would be two of them shouting in the in the next room, and you could tell that there was more than words going on. Uh, there, <laughs> there was some physical altercation, and and that was one of our rules: is that we're not going to be hitting one another. You know, we're not going to be attacking one another. So Jan would pull them in the room and set them opposing one another, just like in court. And uh, and and one would get to speak, and the other had to listen. And so Jan would 
interrogate them and say, okay, what happened? And, and you know, the silent one would always want to interject and say, this is not your turn. You, you'll, you'll get to tell your, your side in a moment. <laughs> so what happened? Why did you say that? Now, when you said that, how do you think that made your brother feel? You know, so, and the whole idea was we wanted them to not only identify their own feelings and frustrations, but to understand how their behavior impacted the next person and go, is that really what you wanted? Was there something better you could have done? And then, of course, then after, after the first one was mostly interrogated, she turned to the other one and say, okay, now I want you to tell me what happened. And that person would then get to tell their version. And so it back and forth. And Jan said it was, you know, it was interminable. Of course, they hated it. And, but the training occurs in them identifying their feelings and to be able to give words to those feelings, identifying what it is that led them to hit or to pull hair or bite or whatever it was they had done. And what would have been an alternative to help them learn to express with words what it is that they really needed to happen. And I think that that's one of the keys to a happy marriage is that being able to identify what am I feeling and what is it that's causing me to feel that way and without name calling or a personal attack to be able to then express to your spouse what it is that you want and need you know, without criticizing, because sometimes we do have a complaint. We need something to change right. and that there's a there's a place for that in a marriage to be able to say, this is what I'm feeling when that happens. This is what I would like. This is, you know, this is what I need to have change and without it being with without it being an attack or a criticism you always this or when you when you do this you know it always any of those terms that we tend to pull out of the arsenal to attack each other with instead of saying this is really what i need can we make that happen and and what we didn't want to happen is to use any kind of magic words now tell your brother you're sorry and they say i'm sorry <laughs> yeah, we've all had that, you know, so it was a long process to get to the point where, okay, I see how when I did this or said this, it made you feel that, and that's not what I wanted. That was a real apology. If they could ever get to that point, and it didn't happen immediately, and it didn't happen every time. I mean, it was a long, every day was this family court, it seemed like. It seemed like it was every day and it seemed like it was all day, but, <laughs> but we were diligent and we stuck with it and we all learned how to communicate what we were thinking and feeling and how we could respond better. So it, it was a process that we all learned, not just the children. Because it's like you were saying, Joe, it's all about relationships. Our relationships stay in open yeah. and communicative and then for the kids to love each other when they're grown. We, that was not just for them to love learning, but to love one another. Mm. That's right. Both those things. So, you know, I know that everybody has, the, the husbands have different roles in the homeschooling and some people teach a lot and some people don't. Um, and so how did y'all divide up the roles and responsibilities? Did you do that? Did it happen naturally? Roger, did you teach? What, how did all that work out? 
in the early years, I, my job was strictly to read the book in the evenings, you know, and I'm, I'm talking about a storybook, not a textbook. I didn't, re, I didn't do any teaching. I read, I read aloud while Jan was washing the dishes. And that was essentially my complete 100% role other than putting them to bed. And we did, you know, scripture memory and we did, we sang songs and a little something before going to bed. So, so that was kind of my entire role and all the, Un, you know, I'm almost ashamed to say, looking back on it, that she made all the decisions, all the purchases of things that we were going to do. You know, if we were going to have a certain approach on certain things, she made that decision. She told me and I go, sounds good to me. <laughs> and so uh, but uh, it did transition somewhat through the years to where there were times where it was more in my wheelhouse. Uh, during, particularly in the high school years, I did a little bit more instruction, you know, and it, it seemed more like playing games, but, <laughs> but I was more involved in the, what was deemed the coursework, uh, during the high school years, because I was in the math and science field. And so we would discuss the stuff, you know, me and the older kids. And so, uh, and then there were things outside traditional educational approaches that we were involved in as a family, you know, and people refer to those as extracurriculars. But for us, it was the curriculum. Well, I was I was thinking about what you said about reading at night. One of my biggest memories is when Joe, when he was in town, he would always put the kids to bed at night and read them stories and do their Bible lesson and pray. And when he walked out the door, he would turn around and he would always say to the kids, be there. And he knew what they meant. We had listened to Focus on the Family one night and James Dobson was talking about, we want to see all of our kids in eternity. And so he would always tell them, be there. And so, you know, sometimes, and, and so Joe would always turn around and tell the kids, be there. And it is Aww. sweet now. Sometimes when they leave the house, they'll look at us and say, be there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, those, those are just good reminders. So then I'm reminded um, so Joe did, like you did the math and science, Joe did the technology because he was an IT guy. So he was always training the guys on the latest, greatest technology. And I called him the chiropractor in charge of attitude adjustments. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good one. <laughs> I was not that. And he was definitely that. But uh, one thing we always laugh about our good friend, Todd Wilson saying, um, Todd would say, now mom's. If your husband decides to do something, then don't interfere. Let him do it. Let him fail at it. Let him succeed at it. So Joe did teach Latin yes. to Lizzie. Yes, I was a great Latin <laughs> teacher, and more so like a professor. So one year, Lizzie just had a knack for, like, if she had an in-state scholarship, she wanted to go out of state. If we had a, a free Spanish tutor, she wanted to study Japanese. I mean, <laughs> if you got the... Zan gave me an early warning. She said, Joe, I think you're, I, I don't know what to do about foreign language. I mean, I don't well, know of any. The boys had done Spanish. We had a yeah. great neighbor Spanish teacher tutor. She was fabulous. The boys were fluent. Yeah, to this day, one of them especially is pretty fluent, and the other one can understand Spanish. So that it was an awesome experience. Well, my daughter, of course, wanted to be different. In fact, when uh, our homeschool was named Tyler School for Boys, 
So Lizzie <laughs> objected to that when she got to be school age and insisted on a name change. So what do we change it to? I don't, I don't even Anyway. She broke the gender barrier. Yeah. So anyway, she she was went Spanish, Russian, German. Finally, she settled on Latin. And I and Zan said, "Well, Joe, you took Latin in the eighth grade." I said, "Yeah, yeah, I took I took Latin. I don't remember any of it, but I took it. I guess our our school that I went to was very near a um, Catholic school, and that only went to like the seventh grade." So those Catholic kids would come in and they will have already taken a couple of years of Latin. So Latin was pretty tough. We, we offered Latin in this public school I went to. So I thought, well, maybe I'll remember something, you know. So we got this correspondence course. This shows you how long ago it was. Um, it was on cassette tapes. And it was like the University of Michigan or something. Yeah, like University of Michigan at home Latin course. You know, if, if any of you people ever travel to Latania, you're in business. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I sat down with Lizzie and I guess we did a little bit of plan and I was about to go out of town. I said, OK, Lizzie, uh, you know, do this first chapter because she could listen to the to the guy speaking. It was very uh, verbally oriented. And she could follow along in her book, and it was very self-paced. So it it was a great it was a great course. So uh, she called me up halfway through the week, said, "Hey, Dad, uh, I finished that first chapter. Uh, you want to give me the test when you get home?" I said, "Nah, Lizzie, go. You know where the teacher's manual is. Go ahead and take the test." She so, was she was very trustworthy. <laughs> yeah. So, so she takes the test. She calls me back. Hey, Dad, uh, I took the test. You want to grade it this weekend? Uh, Lizzie, you know where the answer key is. Go ahead. And so anyway, the whole year went like that. I did basically nothing other than just talk to her now and then. I guess that's a Socratic model of education. People are getting all excited about where you just ask questions. Well, I didn't even ask questions. She just followed the book. So, uh, she did two years of that. Or maybe three. I can't remember. Yeah. Anyway, she goes to, uh, school to college and you know how you go two weeks early to take all these advanced placement tests. So Zan was with her and she came out after her advanced placement test for Latin. And she was so mad. Oh, she was at so Joe. mad. She was mad at Joe. She was not mad at me. Yes. That, <laughs> that I, I had committed educational abuse and not taught her half of what was on that test. I told Zan, I said, well, doesn't she realize that you know, those tests go way beyond typical knowledge. I mean, they're trying to weed out and figure out who are the A students and who are the D students. So anyway, long story short, she get she takes Latin that semester. She, I guess she forgave me or got over it. So she's in Latin class and her professor is constantly asking her to read because her pronunciation was perfect due to the way she was taught with these cassette tapes. And she made A's in the class and it just astounded the professor. So the professor one day in class literally said, Lizzie, I would love to meet your Latin professor sometime. Maybe he could even do a guest lecture when he comes to town. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a good guest lecture in Latin. So anyway, yeah. I, I taught one course, my student made an A and I retired. 
And she was very independent in her learning, which is all of our goals. So yeah, that's go. right. And see how it all uh, it all turns out. Even even sometimes our what we uh, deem as our our failures, they they turn for good. <laughs> yeah. <And> so uh, <laughs> that's a great story. <laughs> oh man, we we tell it all the time. It's one of my it's one of my favorite memories. Not so much for Zan because she had to. Uh, be the victim of, of uh, Lizzie's anger when she came out uh, of that uh, advanced placement <laughs> test. I had a similar experience in college as well. Those, those tests were some kind of tough, but uh, learning experience for a, for a homeschool graduate, I guess that's the other thing about homeschooling. Um, you know, a parent begins that and may have examples of great success stories in front of them, may not. And our and when we started homeschooling, about all we had was a vision for our family. Um, we didn't have that. Mu- I didn't have that much vision for uh, homeschooling and where it would lead with my kids. But um, I tell you, it, it it sure worked out great for us, and I know it it did for your for your guys as well. So, if y'all had any advice. Um, wisdom and encouragement to give young married couples out there, older married couples out there, homeschooling families, you know, that are just in the day-to-day trenches of it all. What would you tell them? Jan, what would you tell them? And Roger, what would you tell them? I think that it's important to remember that when your kids grow up and leave, that you get to keep your spouse and Mm. that that's where you need to focus as your priority, even higher than the children, because that's going to be the long-term day in and day out relationship. Mm -hmm. And so believing the best in one another, even when somebody doesn't do what you think that they should do or what you want to do is, is that long-term commitment to believing in who that person really is and the value that they have. So giving them the benefit of the doubt or believing the best of their intentions, even, even when things are difficult. You know, that, that is so, so good. And so true. I I remember, um, I don't know why I remember this so vividly, but it was, we, Joe was coaching the boys in soccer as Columbia in August. It's a hundred and gazillion degrees outside, but it's, 90% humidity. So that makes it better. Right. And so the next day Joe had been coaching both of the boys all day long. So the next day in church, um, he just passes out sound asleep. He's an elder (laughs) in church. So John is five and he whispers to me, mommy, what is wrong with daddy? And I look at Joe and he's feeling no pain, you know? And I said, John, why do you think something's wrong with daddy? Now this is all in, you know, five-year-old whispers. And he says, because mom, he's deep in prayer about something. So, <laughs> so to I me, could have been. there was that example of love, hopes, all things, believes, all things, endures, all things, love never fails. Mm. And it's not that we're naive or Pollyanna, but we really do. I think about that all the time when I need to adjust my attitude towards somebody. Well, maybe they're deep in prayer about something. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, yeah. that's really, that is such good advice, Jan, because Joe and I, when the kids left, you know, you think you're never going to be by yourselves. And then the time they're at home is just like this one big blur when you're looking back. And I remember looking at Joe when Lizzie, our last went to college for the first time. And I looked at him and I said, I'm so glad we still like each other. 
Mm-hmm. You yeah, know, I'm glad like we've that. invested in each other. Hmm. Yeah. I really think a marriage is most successful whenever it's founded on friendship. Hmm. Um, and friendship is something that you can actually work on. And when you think of what do you do with a friend, you know, you, you, uh, you reconnect, you, you call them or you talk to them or, you know, find some way to have even the briefest discussions or the, uh, interactions, uh, you, you, uh, hope for their good, you know, and so some, some of those things that we would say, okay, this is naturally how friendship would go. Do we practice those things with our spouse? And so interest. Yeah. Be, be genuinely interested in what's, you know, how their day went, the inside part of their day, you know, not just the external, what did you do today? But how did you feel about your day? Hmm. And, uh, and some of those things, uh, sometimes it may just feel like an exercise, but it does work to keep you connected. And uh, so um, trying to protect the friendship part of your marriage, not just the functional part, uh, uh, that I think that goes a long way. And that's, the, that's what I would encourage people to, to think about, ways that they can improve the friendship. You know, do you have something that you like to do together? Um, uh, so even if the kids are tagging along, you know, mm-hmm. so it, it doesn't have to be just alone. But in our case, you know, we we did it all together. Uh, and we many love others. being on the water. Yeah. And today when we travel and, you know, like and when I think about being in Ireland, my favorite memory was when we rented this little boat and went out on the water together at sunset. My favorite memory in Hawaii was on the water. You know, we loved being on the water together. And I, um, shoot, Joe and Zan, I know y'all were friends. That's how y'all started out. I, I love y'all's story about your friendship. And so what, what would be your advice? You go first. Okay. My advice is uh, that, uh, a husband should keep dating his wife um, forever. You know, it's a life, it's a lifelong journey and you have a lot of bumps in the road, a lot of challenges to deal with that isolation that your wife may be going through with small kids at home. The uh, fears she has as she begins to homeschool wondering, am I messing my kids up? And, they hear stories from their friends about all the great things they're doing in public school and feeling like, oh, I'm, I'm uh, you know, really causing problems for my kids because they're not there. You have all those fears, you know, and I, I guess I would encourage dads to analyze the wife's fears. Uh, stay true to the mission that brought you together to begin with. Um, I know that Zan and I, uh, when we were in college and, and weren't even romantically involved at all, we uh, just decried how the divorce rate was climbing and climbing. And I think when we were in college, it got to where it was uh, 50% of the marriages were ending in divorce. And I, re- I remember being in grade school and they had a special meeting in my class to explain why a little boy was going to have to take naps during recess and it was because his parents had a divorce and they had to explain what divorce was to us. 
that's hard to believe now. They now they probably have assemblies to explain what marriage is, you know, and <laughs> yeah, uh, it things have changed so much. But our mission really was uh, obviously the the nature of our own relationship, but then to uh, bring up kids to just know the Lord. You know, we knew if if uh, we we did our part in that, things would would turn out. And I, I would just encourage husbands that if there's any issue they see in the relationship, they should take it upon their shoulders to fix it. And I think in many cases, uh, a husband is pretty attuned to what his wife's going through. I mean, you know what it's like when, when uh, I don't know, I think a married couple can just sense when something's off. And, and I know as Ann, sometimes I can tell something's bothering her and I just have to keep asking and, and probing in different and ways. dodging <laughs> pots and pans, uh, as it may be, until I can find out, you know, what, what the issue is. And I encourage husbands to do the same, to, to really uh, figure out what, what, uh, how they can live in their relationship in a way that encourages their wives and hopefully more minimizes some of that stress that they feel. You know, one thing, Roger, people may not know is that you and Jan um, speak around the country, uh, own marriage, and you have a book. So tell us a little bit about your book. It's not about marriage, but it is about family life. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's amazing how uh, all these issues overlap. So the book is a parenting book, and the title is Parenting with Influence, Shifting Your Parenting Style as You and Your Child Grow. And uh, the whole idea is that things don't stay the same. Uh, and uh, if we keep trying to uh, do the things uh, with our, our 10 year old that worked with the two year old, then we're messing up. So we've got to adjust as they do. And, and the relationship is the key, you know, so sometimes rules and regulations are more important, but as it, as a rule, uh, as a principle, the relationship is king. And, and so, an influential relationship is is the premise of the book, and so we we talk in the book. And I say we because it, you know we used our stories to uh, to to write the book, and I did most of the writing. Well, I did all the writing, <laughs> but <laughs> corrected my writing. <laughs> and so anyway, uh, it's a, it's a joint effort. But um, uh, parenting with influence is is about how the relationship can be managed and deepened through the years and uh, so many people dread the teen years and if it's done well the teen years can be some of the best mm -hmm. uh, we love the teenage years and so uh, yeah that's what the book's about parenting with influence so how can people <clears throat> find the book and how can they find you and jan well i have a website rogersmithmd.com uh the book's available there uh, we do have a few other products that will be coming out that are family related, uh, uh, but uh, the only one right now is the book. Uh, there is information there about uh, events that we can uh, come to speak at or uh, others that we'll be at. So, uh, And I have a podcast uh, as well that's a three-minute podcast uh, called Parenting Matters Now. I had to think there for a moment. Parenting <laughs> Matters Now. And it's just three minutes at a time, three to four minutes. Uh, and it's wherever you can find podcasts, Spotify and, and wherever. So just put in Parenting Matters Now and you can get three minutes of advice three times a week. 
So it, it is a great podcast. One thing I do want to say before we close, and, and Jan, I want you to comment on this. Jan and I are getting ready to do a podcast on homeschooling together. So this will be a little glimpse into that. But one of the things in the book you talk about, and you, you do this with your kids and you do this with each other, is setting them up for success. So real quickly, Jan, just tell us what that is and um, then we're going to close and we'll talk about this more in our podcast together. But I love that concept. When your kids are small, if you give them opportunities to do things, they are more likely to do those things when they're an adult, whether that is um, making a flower arrangement or singing a song or anything like that, but them being prepared for something bigger. And one of the things that I try to do is as we approached a new situation, I tried to talk with them about what it was going to be like, what they could expect, what they might encounter, um, you know, even role playing the kinds of ways that they could honor their father. If we were going into some group of doctors or something that um, helping them anticipate what their place would be wherever we were going and equipping them to be successful when they got there because they knew what to expect because we liked introducing them to new situations and i think it's helpful for our children when we talk with them you know you you wrote a whole book about talking with your children and um I think that that is a very important concept. And that was the way that we tried to set them up for success was talking with them before they got to a new right. situation. And not, not waiting till they made uh, a major bumbles and we complain about it. So, uh, so she was masterful and I'm telling you that it, it was, I was so inspired watching her little conversations with the kids in that when they would be small, they'd be three or four years old and they were going to be going to the grocery store. And she would talk about good, you know, the best behavior, what to expect and, you know, what would make her proud of them. And they responded to that. I, I'm telling you, it was, it was masterful. So, and, and it continued through the years and each situation she'd say, this is, you know, this is what to expect. This is what would scare me. And, and anyway, it was great. You did a great job. Training, training your children day in and day out from the time you get up till the time you go to bed. And sometimes we feel like those training times as homeschool moms are interruptions to our day. And that is the core of our day mm. of training yep. our children. That's mm. right. Well, listen, y'all, thank you so much for being with us. We love your marriage. We loved the example you are, and we love the ministry that you have with so many. And thank you, Joe, for being you. with us today. I love you too. I love our marriage. <laughs> <laughs> good thing. <laughs> it is a good thing. And uh, listen, uh, if you are in, more interested in finding out more about the Zan Tyler podcast or more about Joe and me and our speaking engagements, you can find us on ZanTyler.com. Uh, you can encourage other people to listen. Leave us a review about the podcast on Apple Podcasts. That really helps us. So thank you again all for being with us today. We appreciate it. and Have a great day. Bye. <laughs>